there's only three things you can do with employees, right? You can tolerate them, you can train them, or you can terminate them. So everything is done in 3D. We've essentially gamified architecture. Walmart took a look at it. They said, wow, we can sell as many of these as you can manufacture. I'm Richard Gerhardt. And I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt. Welcome to Passage to Profit, the show that's all about entrepreneurs, inventors, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. You've just had a sneak peek at what's coming up later on the show. I got to tell you, it's a fabulous show. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Elizabeth, I have two questions for you. Is that all? <laughs> well, <laughs> the third question I really can't ask you on the air. But question number one, would you like to build a billion dollar business? Well, who wouldn't? I mean, it's a lot of work, but what else are you going to do? <laughs> well, for sure. Our guest tonight, Dave Carvajal, will let you in on a few important secrets on how to do that. And question number two, would you like to build a better world? Well, of course. Well, this is your lucky day because we have Christian Giordano with us and he's an architect. And so he will literally help you to build a better world. Well, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you wish that our son had been able to learn financial literacy through a game? <laughs> yes, especially uh, our son. Yeah. So we have Alexis Samuels has the solution for that. And my second question for you is, can you help me pick this cat hair off my clothes? I just got this out of the dryer. I'm just, so Michael Swagger has a solution That's a big problem in that. our house. So yes. I'm glad to hear that that's coming up. But yes. before all of our guest fun, it's time for some intellectual property fun too. Um, we have a little article here about an intellectual property case that shows you what happens when you steal somebody else's invention. And you can lose a lot of money if you do that. So let me tell you about the facts. There is a company called Nexus Technology that alleged that the defendants, get this, their name was Unlimited Power Limited. <laughs> so who would pick a company name like that? I don't know, but Unlimited Power Limited. And they met with Nexus. And so Nexus started telling them all their technical secrets well, they, about a power Nexus, processor. Nexus hired them as a consultant. Right. So, so it was work for hire, right? It was work for hire. So after Nexus gave them this information, Unlimited Power Limited went and filed patents in the name of their employee. And one of the key parts about this was, according to the court, they got the information deceptively. So after they filed the applications, they turned them over to a different company who turned around and had the audacity to sue Nexus. And Nexus wouldn't have even known they'd stolen their ideas unless they sued them about their own ideas. So Unlimited Power Limited sued Nexus and Nexus turned it around on them and they claimed wrongful and stolen intellectual property. And the jury found for them and they were awarded $10 million in damages. And because the infringement was willful, the damages got troubled. And so they ended up owing Nexus $32 million. I guess Unlimited Power Limited is now officially <laughs> limited power <laughs> because after losing $32 million, there's not uh, a lot of power left, I'm pretty sure. Or no power. So it didn't say if there was a non-disclosure agreement, and but you would think when you hire somebody to work with you, maybe you don't need one, but maybe you do. I mean, they could have had one. It didn't say in the article that we read, but that would certainly have strengthened their case right? Right. And it's also about inventorship. So when you file a patent, you have to swear that you're the first original inventor. And if you get the idea from somebody else and try to patent it, you can't do that. It's against the law and the patents would be held invalid. And if you are in court, it's considered a deceptive trade practice and you can get hit with all sorts of damages. So our lesson for today is don't steal other people's patents. Yeah. yeah and protect yourself from getting ripped off too. So get those non-disclosure agreements, you know, work with reputable people. There is a patent 
that we do want to talk about that is our patent palooza, our funny patent of the day. But this one's actually pretty cool. And it was issued on May 13th, 2014 to Gaetano Francesco Ruggiera from New York. And it was for a musical pizza box, which I think is so cool. And I'm thinking that he didn't develop it yet because in 2014, that was a lot harder to do. Seven years later, there's those cards you open in the grocery store, right? Yeah, it's the same thing. But I'm just thinking of like all of the different things you could put as messages in those pizza boxes. <laughs> yeah, I came up with this pizza looks good, but don't be a pig. If you eat it all, you'll get too big or something. Oh, what a buzzkill. I mean, you know, you're you're looking forward to this pizza. You've been waiting 40 minutes and you get, you know, if you eat this pizza, your cholesterol is going to go up 400 milligrams. And but I don't think that was the idea. 2,500 calories. I think it's the like, idea. It's like a pizza warning label, right? So, I, think, I think the idea was was happy birthday and stuff right right yeah. but i but, you know I, I i would like for example maybe to hear uh acdc you know back in black you know you can <laughs> open that pizza thing that here. works <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, you know okay. i think that would be just absolutely well, awesome i would like you to do your round table and see what other people have to say about these stories i think it's time for the round table so we're not actually sitting on a round table we're on zoom but we'll pretend it's a round table dave do you have any thoughts about what we we've been talking about. I think part of what makes this country so great, you know, is exactly some of the things that you touched upon, which is, uh, I remember reading a book years ago about two very important things, private property and contract law. And so much is moving so fast, particularly with technology that, you know, I think it's absolutely critical that people protect their IP. But also, you know, I love that the courts really kind of upheld this thing that is probably like the most fundamental thing in business and in human relationships, which is trust. I can't even believe that those people did that, but I'm glad that the courts upheld contract law and did the right things there. I couldn't agree with you more. It restores at least some confidence in the legal system. So Kristen, do you have any thoughts? I actually have a, a question that I've always wanted to ask about this uh, intellectual property. So I, it's something that I've heard. Is it true that if you have an idea that you ultimately want to patent, but you start talking about it more publicly or to other people that your timeline begins at that moment? Is that an actual legal argument? Yeah, that's a perfect recitation. So in the US, you have a one-year grace period from the time that the idea is first publicly disclosed. And it can be disclosed in a conversation, in an investor pitch. There's one case where somebody modified an engine to a boat, a boat engine, outboard engine, and drove it around in public. And they considered that to be a public disclosure. Mm -hmm. So uh, you're absolutely right. But once you disclose that the clock starts ticking. And if you want to consider international patent protection, they don't give a one-year grace period like the U.S. does. Once you disclose it, you essentially forfeit your right to file a patent in Europe or China or Japan. So you have to be very careful and use non-disclosure agreements wherever you can, because that prevents that problem. And it's usually best just to get your application on file as soon as you can. Alexis. My question was quite similar to Christian's. Uh, I've heard it said in the past that if you have an idea, you can write it down, put it in an envelope, postpaid, and mail it to yourself. Does that in some way protect you? You know, nobody on this program has ever asked me that question. And so <laughs> I'm happy to answer it. It helps establish a date of invention, which for oh. certain things can be important, but it doesn't give you any intellectual property rights. It only establishes a date of invention. So don't rely on that if you okay. want to protect your idea. Yeah, you have to file it with the patent office. So that's that's a good question because a lot of people have heard that. Michael? I have two things. Uh, a short story on the way to meet with my attorney for a patent. We had launched a website to sell our product. We hadn't sold any yet. But when I met with the attorney, he said, take the website down immediately. Do not sell a single product. From what I understand, as soon as you sell a product, it's no longer patentable because it's on the marketplace. So uh, we came pretty close to uh, really not having the ability to patent a product. So that was a scary moment, but we literally took the website down. Fortunately, in the U.S., there is that one-year grace period, but you right. do mm -hmm. possibly forfeit your rights outside the rest of the world. And when we say disclosure, it could mean sale. It could mean poster at a scientific conference. It could be an mm -hmm. advertisement. It's any mm -hmm. way of putting the invention out in the public. But that was great advice that you got? Yeah, it was absolutely 
fundamental that you maintain secrecy like you were advised by your attorney. Yeah, we've to date, we've had a lot of intellectual property challenges and we've had over 12,000 infringements that have been enforced through various websites over the past year and a half. So uh, we've really been buried in counterfeits and people mostly from China ripping off the product or counterfeiting it. We've worked really hard to make sure that our patents and our trademarks are locked in for the countries that we're selling in just so we can really fight these battles when we need to, especially here in the US. That's great, but it also shows you what a great product it is, right? Everybody wants to copy it. Imitation is the (laughs) sincerest form of flattery. So Dave Carval is a repeat offender here at Passage to Profit. It's the second time he's been with us. And he's the builder of billion-dollar businesses. And his specialties include executive search and leadership development for some of the top tech sector companies. But not only that, Dave is also the author of Hire Smart from the Start. I've ordered the book because we're doing a lot of hiring right now, but maybe you can give us a little teaser of what the book's about. And refresh us on that one page you told us about last time that everybody has to do in the book. Yeah, page 97. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so look, uh, fundamentally, my thesis is that there is an A-plus player for every role in every company, and every CEO should know this. No company ever got great because they were amazing at payroll or benefits administration. The most strategic parts of HR are recruiting and culture. And so what I talk about in the book is really the thing that every CEO entrepreneur wants out of their company, out of their business is high performance. Well, high performance requires high performance leadership. And what that looks like and what that means is for the CEO founder, the entrepreneur to create alignment around the three most important things in business. And those are one, a common purpose, two, shared values, and three, clear objectives. And there's no better time to do that than right from the beginning. And so that's why we named my book, Hire Smart from the Start. I think it's an incredible time to really lay the foundation. And I really like some of the things that Christian mentioned before and is going to talk about because building a company really is like the architecture, right? You have to design it in advance, right? The mistake that most people make when hiring or recruiting is that, you know, if they need an accountant, they'll just start interviewing accountants and hire the best one. Well, the problem with that is that you may hire the best one and still only get 40 or 50% of what you're looking for. The name of the game is to define in advance exactly who you're looking for. And the way you do that is on a one pager, a blueprint, and that's page 97 of my book. You know, it's not only knowing what to do, but knowing how to do it. And I think that's the name of the game is really taking a strategic approach to organizational design. If I can just comment on that a little bit, we've been going through the hiring process lately. And for the first time, we've actually incorporated a COO and an HR person in the hiring process. And I was just shocked at how differently they viewed the candidates and what perspectives they brought to the hiring process. As an attorney, I would have never asked a lot of the questions that they asked. And it really kind of opened my eyes to what it takes to hire well. And I think having those different perspectives makes a huge difference. Things as an attorney, I would have never thought about. Yeah, I have to say too, that Richard did look at your book and read your book. And when he hired the COO that he has right now, this was one of the best hires that we've made in years because this guy is just cleaning up problems left and right. I mean, he's amazing. But how do you even know what roles you should have in your organization? And if you're starting out, maybe you're a solopreneur. And so how do you determine like, what is the first hire and what is the second hire and what is the third hire? How do you make those decisions? So two things. First, a camel is a horse designed by committee. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, So the problem with like just jumping in and starting to interview accountants because you need an accountant is exactly what you were able to avoid, Richard, which is, you know, everybody's got their own idea of the accountant that we should hire. Right. But unless you take the time and the energy and the effort in advance to sit down and talk about exactly who we're looking for, only then are you going to make the best hire, the the right fit hire for your company. Right. And on that page 97, you know, I think it's really important to get absolute clarity around your core values, your culture, your mission, first and foremost. Then you get clarity around the role 
and then you get clarity around the candidate. And so that's why it's important to lay out all those things on a one pager and make sure that the interview committee, you know, the four people involved in interviewing and hiring this person, that we're on the same page with what we're looking for, that we are in fact looking for a camel or a thoroughbred stallion, right? Whatever it is, just let's make sure we have an agreement on that. One of the things I learned was asking the right questions and, the, and getting down into the detail because a candidate may say, for example, uh, yeah, I've done accounts receivable. And then you ask them, well, what kind of accounts receivable have done? Well, I downloaded the reports and I sent them over here. So that's accounts receivable. And that's not the kind of accounts receivable I need. I need somebody who's going to call clients and form a relationship and reach out to them to collect the money. We've talked to people that don't even know how to download reports. And, and so, you know, you can't take it at face value. What they think accounts receivable is what you need. It's asking the right questions to really understand what their experience is. Yeah. To your other point, Richard, about, you know, how do you figure out this notion of organizational design and who you need to hire first, second, or third. And one of the things I talk about in my book is this concept of organizational self-determination, right? It's really the basis of organizational design, which is one of the exercises that I have my CEO clients do is project out 10 years. What is it that you want to be true about your business, about your company 10 years from now? If everything goes great, if everything is successful, what is that vision? I think everything begins with a vision, right? And then you create that purpose and you align and, and use that purpose as the basis for all your recruiting, your promotions, and your terminations of employees, right? Is, is people that are going to help you achieve that mission. They're not only going to be successful in their job, but they're going to be capable of helping us achieve our great mission. Well, that's a fantastic point. And uh, looking into the future and building toward that, start with the end in mind as a great way to go about doing things. You know, it's funny, I've, I've been in the business world now for over 30 years. And some people have been talking about those kinds of things. But I also can say I worked for organizations where None of that was clear and the organizations were unclear and they were confused. And now it seems that people are really taking that message seriously and constructing companies around those principles and they're much more effective. And I think that's why you see so many companies growing so quickly now. It's the productivity tools, but it's also better organization and better management than a lot of companies that existed in the past. You coach executives as well as you help executives find positions in new companies. Is that correct? Yes. I, I generally get brought in by the chairman of the board, somebody at the board level who writes a big check. Usually it's 20, 40, 50 million dollars into a hot high growth company. And they ask me to build out the executive board and leadership teams of these companies the right way. These are folks that don't have time to lose. They've got such an enormous market opportunity in front of them and they cannot afford to make a bad hire. A bad hire will trip them up or delay their go-to-market strategy or, or their ability to grab market share. And so the stakes are incredibly high. They can't afford to get it wrong. And so they generally call us to come in like a strike force, like a Navy SEALs team, and just get it done for them, right? Sometimes it's one, two, three executives. Sometimes it's three executives and a team of 10 product and enterprise salespeople, for example. And so that's one thing we do. Uh, and then the second thing I do is uh, I have a program, a coaching program, because no CEO founder has ever been classically trained on how to do this thing, recruiting and, and culture building and, and really company building, right? It's not even taught at the top MBA programs yet. It's like the most critical, most important aspect of building a business is getting the right people onto your team. And they're out there, right? Like the awesome and amazing people that every CEO needs for their company, they're out there. They're just not sitting on a couch, eating potato chips, looking at job postings on the internet. They are at a minimum actively engaged in something that they find even mildly interesting. And somebody's got to go in, extract them, get their attention, engage them in a conversation just so that we can put them through an evaluation process. And that's got to be done many times over. And so that's why they kind of hire our expertise to go in and, and help them do that, to build out 
their executive leadership teams, their boards with people that have the proven experience that can 10x their company, usually get them from about 20 million in revenues or 20 million in funding to about 200, 300 million in revenues. Dave, this was great. Really getting to the heart of what makes a business function well and how to build a billion dollar business. You really do have all the knowledge. And I enjoy his passion and he's very emphatic about it. It really makes the message very powerful. But in your 15 years of experience, you know, he's exactly right. You're listening to Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show with Richard Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guest, Dave Carvajal, with his book, Hire Smart from the start. And we will be right back after these messages. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L. LAW.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. If you missed our first segment with Dave Carvajal, please check out our podcast or our YouTube channel. Fantastic information. It was really a pleasure listening to him. Well, this guy knows his stuff. Like if you're an entrepreneur starting a business, if you're trying to raise your business to the next level, I mean... Dave knows how to do all of that. And what's so amazing is that he created a system for entrepreneurs where they can reach out to him and have him help build the teams. Team is so important, especially getting investor money. And getting the whole team together. So even if a CEO doesn't have a lot of experience doing that, Dave can help. So on to our next guest. Our executive spotlight this evening is Christian Giordano, and he is an architect, and he's the president of the firm Mancini and Duffy, and he's our executive spotlight tonight. He believes that the world of architecture and design is due for a reinvention, and he believes his team is the way to go about doing that. So welcome to the show, Christian. It's really great to have you with us. Tell us a little bit about your firm. Sure. Thank you uh, for having me. So yeah, I'm an architect, and really we've figured out a way of working with our clients differently from other architects. So with using technology, we've recreated the process. So we invite our clients into that process uh, from the very beginning, from day one. They sit either in our computer lab here, an actual R&D lab that we've created in New York City, or we've adapted that for COVID so we can do everything virtually online. And you're immersed in our process immediately. So everything is done in 3D. We've essentially gamified architecture for our clients. So we begin using some artificial intelligence, some scripting languages on the back end, and we can start designing. So if you've got a restaurant that you want to lay out, you have a space in mind, we can quickly put you in this system. You can put on VR goggles and we will begin to design that within minutes around you. And using that AI intelligence, we can lay out the tables. We can tell you exactly how many people are going to fit. We can tell you how big the kitchen needs to be by code. And all the while it's building the infrastructure that's required per code. So the stairs, the elevators, the bathroom counts, things like that. And you walk away from our process within an hour or two with really a rough sketch and a rough idea of what it is that you can accomplish. Then we spend the next you know, week or so refining that, actually beginning to conceptually design it, come back around to that client and they come back into this system and they see it again. And by iterating this over and over again, we can do what a normal architect does in three months, we can do in you know three weeks time. It really moves that process along and you're getting a rendering or a virtual experience or uh, you know a walkthrough all right there, sort of free of charge in a sense because it's a byproduct of how we're working. 
That's amazing. If anyone has the chance, they should go to your website, the Mancini and Duffy website. You've got some gorgeous buildings that you've created and some marvelous works that you've done. Really inspiring. And I'm sort of an architectural aficionado. And so I really appreciate beautiful building design. And uh, some of the stuff you guys have done has just been Outstanding. Thank you. Yeah, the firm's been around for a hundred years. It was a firm that, you know, I had come over about 10 years ago and Essentially, through a few different happenings, I ended up purchasing the firm from the previous ownership. Uh, so myself and some other younger partners really saw that opportunity. It's funny when you ask you know, people that are close to that retirement age, hey, what do you think about retiring? And they say, well, make me an offer and I'll retire. Uh, it's funny how many people are actually looking to retire. I had no idea. I always tell architects, uh, approach your boss, ask them what their plans are. You might be surprised uh, what you get out of it. And from there, we've recreated the culture. I mean, much similar to what Dave spoke about, we actually did hire a coach, uh, a Vern Harnish coach. I'm sure you know who Vern Harnish is. And he took us through very similar exercises around culture and hiring and making sure that our purpose and our 30-year plan, our 10-year plan, our five-year plan, our one-year plan was really set in stone and so that we had something to guide us. And that is really what led us through this process and discovering this technology. Christian has graciously donated to students to science. That's the number two for being on the show as our executive spotlight. So we appreciate that. Thank you, Christian. You're welcome. My pleasure. And you are listening to Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart on WOR 710, the voice of New York. We'll be right back. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearhart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearhart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We have just had two fabulous presentations packed full of knowledge, new technology. If you want to hear them, listen to our podcast, which comes out tomorrow. If you want to see the people on the show, I always say this, but it's true. We always get really good looking people on this show. So go to our YouTube channel, Passage to Profit Show. I'll take that as a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're on to Alexis Samuels. And I have to say, if you could make it fun for your kids to learn how to handle money, would you do it? (laughs) Well, you should. And Alexis will show you how. So welcome, Alexis. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a real privilege to be on your show. Yes. So tell us all about what you're doing. We're excited to offer a financial literacy app that incorporates artificial intelligence, uh, gamification to make it fun. Uh, Many are unaware of the fact that financial literacy underpins many important foundations in society, whether it's your health, access to good food, good housing, job opportunities, all of these things, including mental health, are all tied to financial literacy. Those who are unable to acquire good money management skills often are unable to be able to gain access to these uh, very important matters that will make a big difference in where you finish you know, in life. Uh, many years ago, we first began developing tabletop learning systems. In fact, the first one in which we developed Uh, we were invited to introduce it to Walmart. After Walmart took a look at it, they said, wow, we can sell as many of these as you can manufacture. But we were very concerned about really making a difference within underserved communities. And so we felt rather than selling it on a retail basis at the time, we would allow uh, those within various organizations, whether it be community groups or even the school systems to promote the learning system. 
And so we decided to take it to schools. Right now, we're in about 18 different states. We've been accepted within the New York City school system in New Jersey and California and Phoenix, Arizona, in a number of different locations. Many are unaware of the fact that about 45 states now mandate that financial literacy be taught to their high schools before they can graduate. And so we incorporate curriculum inside our literacy systems. And by those school systems throughout the country and the kids playing our games, they actually can qualify for that state mandate as well. And what's the name of your system? It's called the Road to Prosperity Learning System. That's the tabletop version. In fact, uh, we might as well just show you a dis display, a copy of it for you. Okay. Oh, I like the cover. Yeah, yeah so powerful for, for our audience at home, that's a beautifully designed cover. Kind of like Passage to Profit, only it's a road <laughs> to prosperity. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, yes. Alexis, how do you make it fun? Yeah, when it comes to math and, and finance, it's not one of those topics that youth often engage with. So we incorporate gamification. You remember when we were all young, many of the things in which we learned, we learned through competitions or repetition. So we incorporate game algorithms inside the actual learning process. For example, as the game progresses, the goal is to be the first to acquire a million dollars in assets, in cash within their bank accounts. But at the same time, it incorporates credit scores. So when one begins to play, they begin with a 680 credit score. They have to be able to navigate through life's consequences, make adult decisions, and all of the increases and or decreases to their credit scores, all is based upon various educational components in financial literacy. Alexis, it's just been fantastic speaking with you. You're doing great work out there. We're so happy that these tools are available. And you're also a Gearheart Law client. So yes. I just wanted to say thank you for that. And we'll be on to our final presenter, the Fur Zapper. And we'll be back right after this message. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley's the Inventress founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, eVine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We've had three incredible conversations so far with just amazing entrepreneurs, people that have made it big. Great advice if you're an entrepreneur or any type of business person. I've learned so much on this show. I always do. Yeah. So if you missed it, that's okay. It's on our podcast, which will come out tomorrow. It's also on our YouTube channel, which will come out tomorrow. I would encourage you to go hear what these people have to say, because these are really great business people. Now we are on to our final presenter, sort of, Kenya and I will go after him, but it's Michael Swagger. And I got to tell you, I am getting this product. I love this product. If you have a pet and you don't want pet hair sticking all over your clothes all the time, Michael has the product for you. So welcome, Michael. Tell us all about it. I invented the product, which is now called Fur Zapper several years ago. And it's the world's only pet hair remover for your laundry. It's a patented pet hair remover that solves a problem that pretty much every pet owner has. Pet owners have a big problem and that's you wash and dry your clothes, you pull them out of the dryer and they're still covered in pet hair. So a, a few years ago as a, a work at home dad for I guess 15 years or so, I was the laundry guy. And very often I would pull the clothes out of the dryer and they'd still be covered in pet hair. So with you know two dogs and a cat in the house, it became a, quite a burden to then lint roll each piece of laundry. So uh, I sort of accidentally came up with this product, really just out of some other hobbies that I had and just refined it and found the right formula to make a product that would really remove the pet hair from your laundry. 
you know, so far there's never been anything like this. And, and we've been fortunate enough to really create a market and disrupt an existing market as well. And it's a little disc that you throw in the washer or dryer, right? Right. Our top selling item is a Furzak for two pack. So they're two like round discs, a little bit bigger than a hockey puck. They have a paw print shape on them. So, you know, they're for pets. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you just throw them both in your washer while you wash your laundry, transfer the laundry over to the dryer include the fur zappers in there. And as it's tumbling through your laundry, it's actually a really soft, tacky silicone. That's a skin safe hypoallergenic material. So it grabs onto the pet hair, dislodges it from the clothes, and then it washes it down the drain or just deposits itself right in your lint trap. I'm dying to know what kinds of hobbies you had that led you to this invention, <laughs> but we'll just leave that for now. I guess I'm, I'm kind of curious what your marketing strategy is going forward. Are you selling primarily mm-hmm. online or also in brick and mortar stores? Uh, we're both. Uh, we've really done well on a lot of the online sites like uh, you know Amazon, Target.com, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond's website and sites like the Gromit or Zulily. But we've really, uh, you know, our first customer, believe it or not, our first big customer is Walmart. So we are actually in every Walmart store throughout the U.S. Wow. So Dave, do you have a question? Fascinating business. I was going to ask about distribution channel, but the big question is manufacturing and distribution, the challenge can often be operating cash flow and how you kind of manage both levers, the the push and the pull, creating enough inventory that you can distribute, but then having that sell so you can get the money back so that you can create even more product. How do you go about kind of managing those two almost opposing forces, Michael, and, and the tension there? That's a really good question. It is part of our everyday challenges that we're dealing with you know, from the beginning a few years ago until now. We sold a lot of product over the years. We've managed to work some really good contracts with our manufacturers that give us some terms on payment. So that kind of floats our money a little bit longer. And we try to obviously uh, not give uh, the customers that owe us money too much terms as well. But yes, that is a challenge, uh, especially as we're stocking up and building inventory. You know, we can only build it so much before running out of money. So it is a real life challenge. So it's a balance. It's something we look at on a weekly basis. We check, you know, sell-throughs and inventory counts. We look at monthly and yearly trends. The product sells really big on the holidays. So we try to ramp up the inventory you know, several months leading up to that as well. Yeah, stocking stuff for as long as it doesn't get stuck in the stocking, right? So, <laughs> so Christian, did you have a comment? I'm just curious, uh, how did you figure this out? How did you, do you have a, a degree in chemical engineering? Is there, you know, what what motivated you to put silicon, you know, inside your laundry? Because it's something that I wouldn't have thought of ever. Right. (laughs) It's a really interesting story. At least I think it is. Um, I don't have a degree in anything chemistry related. Uh, I've been in advertising for the past 20 years. I've owned a couple small advertising agencies and marketing firms, mostly online marketing. One of my many hobbies, I had done some work in sort of like the special effects side of business. So I worked at Six Flags and Fright Fest. So I'm, I'm out here making zombie masks and painting people up just because it's fun. And it was interesting to learn. Simultaneously, as I'm doing laundry, uh, I'm realizing that there's pet hair all over everything. And I'm looking online. I'm asking friends and family, like, how do you solve this? Like, there has to be something that takes us off there. And uh, I tried every everything available. Uh, people recommended rolling up foil balls and throwing them in your dryer mm. or tying rubber gloves together. People had a lot of crazy ideas. So one day I was actually working in my workshop area with a silicone mask and I dropped it on the floor and I picked it up and it was filled with pet hair because my, my pets were always down there. I said, wait a minute. I actually threw a zombie mask into the washer and transferred it into the dryer and found out that it was, it was really effective at grabbing onto the hair and, and dislodging it. And to date, that was, you know, up before the, the finalization of this product, that was the best solution I had. So once I found out that silicone had the right properties, meaning it's really a fire protected product. Uh, It's not going to burn or melt. Plus it's very skin safe and it doesn't have any allergies. I really just worked on finding the right formula. So I wanted it it to be soft and pliable. I wanted to roll around with your laundry and interact with it and pull the hair out. But I also wanted it to be tacky, not so tacky where it just grabs every hair and sticks to it, but enough where it dislodges the hair. So that wasn't a matter of chemistry to me. That was a matter of let me order every variation of silicone I can get and just throw them all up against the wall and literally see what sticks. 
<laughs> awesome. That's great. Well, it's a message for our inventors out there that, you know, this could be you. Sometimes we find things that kind of surprise us and solve a problem that we really didn't know, but it was interesting to hear about how this was created and look at what's come of it. So, and let's yeah. talk about market size for a minute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how many people just in this country own pets and do their own laundry? Well, there are about 76 million dog owners in the U.S. Um, households. And there's about, I think, 68 million cat owners. So there's quite a few just in the U.S. alone. So the market's it's phenomenally large. And there are very few non-shedding animals that people take into their homes. There are a few, but typically every household needs this because they don't even know there's a solution or they need to find something for it. We just on the shelf and they see it and they buy it. Have you thought about any of like the home shopping network kinds of programming for advertising purposes? Well, we've been on a uh, shop HQ recently, and we've also been on QVC four times. So Great. we've done really well on that and some overnight spots as you know the testing goes. Excellent. Well, I know it's something I'll definitely use. I mean, I can pull a black sweater because, you know, back in New York, everybody yeah. wears black all the time. And there's a little white cat hair on it. It's like, what? <laughs> Just pull this out of the dryer. So our last question, how did you come across the name Fur Zapper? Well, you know, we wanted to find a name that really kind of focused on what the product does. So we wanted the name to say what it does. So it's fur. Obviously, it's pet fur. It also works for lint and dander and other things. But fur was the biggest offender to laundry. Um, and zapper was just a nice, strong phrase. It's a hard, thick phrase that kind of just demonstrates that it's taking care of it. It's zapping and it's removing it. We, we probably had a hundred different names to choose from. And we just narrowed it down to that one. Well, I think that's an excellent name. So go to furzapper.com. Furzapper.com and get your fur zapped. Everybody will be happier for it. So, Thanks so much, Michael, for being on the no show. Problem. Thank and you. we look forward to your continued success. So Thank you're you. listening to Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show on WOR710 with our special guest, Dave Carvajal, and we will be right back. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearheart. Kenya, it's time for our Power Move segment. Yes, so we're going to talk about cereal creator Nick King. He's the creator of Legacy Cereal Brands. And what he wanted to do is he saw that there was a disparity in nutritional value, particularly in the multicultural community when it came to sugar and diabetes and so on and so forth. So he wanted to create the first cereal of its kind that speaks to not just the multicultural community, but offers an alternative to the sugary things that are out there. So he came up with a cereal called Proud Puffs. He's been featured a lot lately. He's been on Inside Edition all these different media outlets. And I just wanted to give a kudos to him for thinking right outside the box and creating a solution that really is going to help the community. Outside the box. Did you mean that as a pun? <laughs> well, yes. Congratulations. I mean, cereal's been around forever, but not everybody can eat it. And to make it something that doesn't like spike your blood sugar and doesn't cause all these other bad things is a really good idea, I think. Yeah, For he's sure. sort of a serial killer, isn't he? <laughs> Literally. Well, you know, diabetes is one of the number one causes of death in the multicultural community. And it comes from a lot of different reasons, right? From not having access to resources and not being able to afford a nutritional diet. So one of his goals there was to make sure that there was an affordable solution for people to eat and enjoy healthy, right? Yeah. And it's for everyone. We should all be eating like that. Well, we had, you remember Dr. Juan, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, 
with his plant-based junk food. He shipped some to us. It was really tasty. It's, it's not actually junk food. It's pretend it's, junk food. It's, so it's actually healthy food. Right. <laughs> Pretending and, to be junk food. Right. <laughs> right. But it tastes like junk food and looks like junk food, but it's made out of kidney beans or Navy some, beans is Navy the first beans, ingredient. Yeah. And so we're evolving as a species. We're learning how to make our junk food healthy, which I think is the best news of all. So Always good. Well, thank you for that, Kenya. And now it's time for our fireside update. My lovely wife, Elizabeth Gearhart, has started an incredible company, Fireside Directory. So why don't you tell us about that? For those of you who don't know, Fireside Directory is a video directory of small businesses. It's the first of its kind, pretty much, I think. And I want it to be the Wikipedia of small business by video. It's a YouTube channel and a website. I'm in phase one right now, which is content creation and gathering. So I'm interviewing small business owners and putting them on the YouTube channel and asking them to start a page on the website. And phase two is going to be marketing to the general public, but I'm not there yet because I have to have something to market, right? Also, um, scaling would involve asking for videos from any source, right? Not having to do a bunch of interviews myself. But right now, building it, I have to show that there is something there. So I am interviewing lots of really fascinating business owners. The interviews are can be a little bit long sometimes, but I think what I've decided to do when I get some investment money from friends and family <laughs> is... Um, you is, want more? Are you in that pre-IPO stage? <laughs> family and family. Um, I think what will be effective, I ask everybody in 10 seconds... Give me what makes you special. Why would I hire you instead of somebody else that does the same thing you do? What is your special value? And so those little 10 second vignettes from the videos, I want to cut those out and have those really be listed on the directory with the longer video behind them, but that's going to cost money to do. But I think for a directory, you're expecting like a 10 second thing. You're not expecting a 10 minute thing, you know, right. you know. Yeah. And uh, the idea is if you're like looking for attorneys and you can watch a few videos all in one place and pick one that seems to jive with your values and your approach. Or if you're looking for business coaches, you could do the same thing and uh, find the one that appeals to you without having to make a bunch of phone calls and at least get some ideas of what they're like and whether you think they'd be a good person to work with. Right. And in collecting the data, somebody, I got some good advice at the beginning, just see what categories populate the best. But what I'm finding is I need to split the site, which with website help I would do into B2B and B2C. And then within those categories, location-based and not location-based, because I'm getting everything right now. I want to really do want it to be like Wikipedia, like everything, but organized better. That sounds like a great project. And where can everybody find out oh, about Fireside? Yes. So the name is fireside.directory, the website, the YouTube channel is Fireside Directory. And you can look on my LinkedIn. All my information is on my LinkedIn, which is Elizabeth Gearhart. We'll take a break right after this and we'll be back for our final wrap up. So stay tuned. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gear Heart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. An amazing show tonight. This was like a heavy-duty knowledge show. It like was. Business I, advice, really good business my, advice. My brain is bursting and I'll, <laughs> and I'll never forget that story about the people who stole the invention and then turned around and sued the people they stole it from. 
I mean, they belong in idiot jail or something. (laughs) Is there such a thing? (laughs) I don't know. I'd probably be put there for multiple occasions. Anyway, before we sign off, a couple of final words from our guest, Dave. Do you have any final thoughts? You know, look, first, I would say thank you for having me. It's, It's always an honor and a pleasure to be here with you folks. And, you know, part of the reason I love what I do in working with entrepreneurs is because I get to learn so much about any number of businesses and industries. And I would say to any entrepreneurs out there, keep the faith, work hard. The journey of entrepreneurship is challenging. It's not easy. Like you've made a decision to really kind of transform your lives, right? Like I truly believe that entrepreneurship, if it's anything, it's a journey of transformation, not just of yourself, but if you're fortunate, transforms your family, your community, and even the world. And these things are not easy. And I would say one of the best things you can do is just surround yourself by the best people you could possibly do. It's often said that the five people that you spend the most time with is a reflection of who you are. And I would say it's become significantly easier now because of social media, because you can listen to podcasts and YouTube channels and books, right? And the important thing is to get the information, learn the conceptual models, and keep pushing, keep striving to achieve that greater purpose. Christian? For me, if anyone there is uh, looking to have a, you know, a different experience, if they need to work with an architect on the corporate side of things, whether that's an office space or a new building, you know, anywhere in the United States, between myself and the partners here, we're licensed throughout all 50 states. We can make what can sometimes be a daunting process a lot easier and actually kind of fun along the way. Again, thank you very much. Kenya? Thank you for having me as always. A show is always great when you can learn a lot. And I learned a lot about a lot of different things today. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who spoke and presented today. Lots of good information. And that's why people tune into Passage to Profit. Kenya never likes to toot her own horn, but this show is really her idea. And we love working with her and iHeart. And if you want to be on the radio or if you need digital media advice or anything like that, Kenya is a person to go to. And her email is Kenya Gibson with the P at iHeartMedia.com. And I always like to put in a plug here for iHeart Digital Media. We've been working with them now for several years and the results they've gotten are just fantastic. So if you're looking for digital media consultants, iHeart people are top notch. Speaking of getting great results, our guest, Dave Carvajal, DavePartners.com. He has a book, Hire Smart from the Start, go to page 97. You know, he's built billion dollar companies. He knows how to do it. It's a great book to read if you're trying to get a team together for your company. Absolutely. And then we had Christian Giordano as our executive spotlight, who also gave a donation to students to science. Thank you. He has the coolest newest way to do architecture that I've heard of VR. So I mean, I want to build a building just to use him. It's it's kind um, of inspiring. You think of a lot of other service professions and you wonder if that technology could be applied and that type of technology could somehow be applied elsewhere. His website is mancini.duffy.com, M-A-N-C-I-N-I-D-U-F-F-Y.com. So Mostly commercial real estate. He, he does the inside of buildings. He does buildings from the ground up. He's done one here in Summit, New Jersey that I'm dying to drive by now. I want to see it. And then we had Alexis Samuels with his financial literacy game app. He has a book, Tabletop Game, Road to Prosperity. But his website is finlitx, F-I-N-L-I-T-X.com. A yes. very cool app using the latest technology to teach kids. And I think people up to 100 years old, anybody really... <laughs> The consequences of their financial decisions and how to make the right ones. That is so huge. You know, we like to say money doesn't buy happiness, but for sure, managing money well does buy happiness. And we all need those lessons. And he's a Gearheart Law client. And our final presenter, his product is literally flying off the shelves into the clothes dryers of every animal owner in the country. Um, Michael Swigart with furzapper.com. That's his website. It takes the pet hair out of your clothes, in your dryer, at home, and you look so much better. Before we go, I'd like to say thank you to all of the special people that make Passage to Profit possible. Noah Fleischman, our producer at iHeart Studios. Alicia Morrissey, our program coordinator. Angela Wolf, our video producer. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and follow us on our YouTube channel. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt signing off for Passage to Profit on iHeartRadio, WOR 710, the voice of New York. 